Welcome back to the latest edition of Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber. We're coming to you live from the Lambeau Field press box after the Packers' 31-26 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. For the second straight year, the Packers fall one game short of the Super Bowl. And Bill, I think it's obvious where we start tonight. We'll, we'll have a lot to get to, so stick with us. But what Aaron Rodgers said after the game, and it's not any different from what he told us from that Bed Bath & Beyond parking lot in May after the Packers drafted Jordan Love a couple weeks after they did. But I think it just hit a little harder to any Packer fan and anyone in general tonight because of how the game ended. What he said was this. He was asked what this team meant to him, you know, and all the relationships he's made on this team based on where he's at in his career. And he said this, and I don't want to say the full quote for transparency. Yeah, they're all special for sure. I think this one, as many as much as any of them, I just found some really special friendships with Mercedes, Devante, especially Tim, and I've become really close over the years. Well, especially Tim and I have become really close over the years. Jamal, I love Jamal, Aaron Jones. A lot of guys' futures that are uncertain, myself included. That's what's sad about it most, getting this far. Obviously, it's going to be an end to it at some point, whether we make it this one or not. But just the uncertainty is tough and the finality of it all. What created the firestorm was when he said a lot of guys' futures that are uncertain, myself included. Obviously, that's going to you know, incite chaos on Twitter because he's the NFL MVP and he has three years left on his contract. My take on it, Bill, is he doesn't know if he's going to be the QB here next year. Aaron Rodgers is not a guy who just says things to say them. He says stuff that he means. He speaks from the heart. I think what we can be thankful for is that we cover a quarterback who's, who's genuine more often than not. Um, he shouldn't have to feel uncertain about his future. He was the best player in football this year, and he has three years left on his contract. And I think, this is my take, you can disagree with me, him being uncertain about his future considering what he just did this year and where he's at is an indictment on Brian Gutekunst and how he's made his franchise quarterback feel maybe not even wanted here. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, Matt. Um, there are three people who are the most important people. One is the GM, one is the coach, and one is your quarterback, assuming your quarterback is good. Um, you've got to make your... And this quarterback is good. You've got to make your quarterback feel like he is well, obviously important, but I mean, you, you got to keep him in the loop, Matt. I mean, look, they, they draft his successor. If that's the plan, let him know. If, if the plan is to go on with him, let him, you, you, can't, you can't knock talk to your quarterback. It, quite frankly, and listen, we know what this goes back to. This goes back to drafting Jordan Love in the first round in April. Trading up to do so, I might add. I was thinking tonight about what I remembered from Aaron Rodgers' post-game press conference in Santa Clara last year. He was very somber. But if I remember correctly, he spoke optimistically about this team's future. I believe what he said was something along the lines of, you know, we just need a couple more pieces. Yeah, I understand that my window's closing, but I still think we we have a lot, a lot left in the tank here. That was looking forward. That was optimism to his own future in Green Bay. He never once said anything about his own future and, and you know, questioning the certainty around it. Tonight he did. And that's because they drafted Jordan Love. And listen, I wrote this in my story tonight. It's only natural for a human to question how much longer they're wanted at their job if their successor for only one job is hired. You know, if you, we've said this before, if, 
if there's only one spot for a Packers beat writer and my boss hires someone uh, that's viewed as my successor and a year goes by, I'm openly questioning how much longer I'm going to be in that job. It's, it's human nature. So him saying that, I, I think people are just taken aback by his brute honesty, which I can appreciate being someone who's, who's covered guys that are PC. But like I said, it, it's an indictment on Brian Gutekunst that he has made Aaron Rodgers uncertain about his own future for the only team he's ever known. Um, it, how do you see – it's anybody's guess how this plays out, but what do you think – Aaron Rodgers deserves in Green Bay. Well, first, I want to go back to what you're just talking about. And, you know, maybe you've written about a lot. I have not. I think we've all maybe missed the force for the trees here. When you draft Jordan Love, it's the obvious, well, you could have drafted a receiver or Patrick Queen or whoever. This is the problem, right? And I guess I probably haven't put enough thought into this. Um, of mm-hmm. This just sits on your quarterback's mind. I, I probably should have written more about it. Or maybe we should have asked him about it more often. But that's the that's the bigger issue than they could have had a receiver. Um, so that's a, I mean, that's a great point, Matt. Um, it's just this elephant that's just lingers over his shoulder. And you're right. I don't, I don't know if you're Rogers, how you can not have that weigh on you. And, and clearly it did tonight. What does Rogers deserve? Um, well, Rogers said that when, when I followed up on it, he said he needs to, you know, get away and clear his head. Actually, here it is. I'm going to have to take some time away for sure and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. So he's got to get together with Brian and figure out wh- where is my place here? Um, mm-hmm. Am I the quarterback? If I'm the quarterback, let's, let's go. If I'm not the quarterback, let's go. You know, um, they, they, they gotta, they've got to get this figured out pronto because he's talking about this attitude of gratitude and he's, I mean, he's been a different guy this year, clearly. You don't want him to be a different guy next year, as in different, as in surly, grouchy, pissy guy who he obviously could have been all year long, right? I mean, um, if my boss brings in my successor, I'm going to be pissy. Somehow he was not. Somehow he got past it and was been, he's been fabulous all year. Um, they got to get that straightened out, like tomorrow. Here's what I think could happen. You know, Rogers clearly doesn't feel that he's 100% wanted here. If Rogers goes to Brian Gutekunst this offseason and says, I need you to do A, B, and C for me, or else I'm requesting a trade. I could see that happening. You know, he doesn't have any guaranteed money on his deal for 2022 and 2023, the final two years on his contract. So he probably feels like a sitting duck next season. You know, the Goody probably wants to keep him, but no Packer fan or reporter would blame him for requesting a trade if he feels like a sitting duck after all he's done for this franchise. And to feel that your general manager just wants this unproven 22, 23-year-old quarterback to take over for you after one more season, regardless of what happens next season, would you want to do that? No. He has every right to request a trade if that's what's happening. Yep. They got to get on the same page. Um, yep. God, it's just, it's it's still mind-boggling. Here we are, what was it, nine months from the draft or whatever it was that they, that, that he drafted a quarterback to a team that got to a championship game. Um, mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. It's, you know, maybe Goody thought Rodgers wasn't good enough anymore. Or maybe, I shouldn't even say maybe. I mean, I, I, that had to been it, right? That this guy is not good enough. If we need, he cer- certainly didn't think he was going to come out and win MVP, that's for sure, or else he wouldn't have drafted a quarterback. Right. So now, now you've 
now the quarterback, now Rodgers is back to who he was. Now what? Um, a, a you got to suit this over, and B, and, and they're screwed here because you know the cap's going to go down because of COVID. They're way over the salary cap. They're going to lose pieces. I mean, they're, they're not going to add pieces to the puzzle. They're going to lose pieces. And look, Rodgers is smart. He, he understands all this stuff, but it's going to be a tough pill to swallow if you know, even if he does come back next year, which I think he's going to. Um, which is the impetus behind my question was, how do you how do you get back? How do you how do you take the next step when, from from my distance and probably from his too, they're going to be taking steps backward, not forward. From you know free free agency in February and March, you're going to be getting worse, not better. You'd think. Yeah, and, and Rogers has you know kind of hinted to this tonight. They're going to be different. This team's going to look different next year, and you know there's a chance they are without their first team All Pro center. Their Pro Bowl running back, their backup running back, their number two cornerback, which after tonight, I don't think many people would mind. Um, and who knows how long David Bakhtiari is going to be out? And as we saw tonight, you need David Bakhtiari. Oh, so I think part of it is also Rodgers is just as much as he's uncertain about his own future, the uncertainty of guys that were such a core part of this team and their futures the uncertainty surrounding their futures, I should say, probably adds to his feeling a little bit as well, don't you think? Yeah, it's it's everything. It's it's being thirty seven. Um, it's it's knowing how hard it is to get to the stage. It's the personnel losses. It's picking at the bottom of the draft. It's having your successor here. It's it's everything. He said, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm you know, I'm sure it did. If you think you're in a, if you think you really, honest to God, have a chance to win it all. And then this happens, and you and you're keenly aware of everything else. Man, that's that's some heavy stuff, and that's what that's what he was getting at tonight. And I know you saw it on Twitter, and I did too. Well, that's just the emotions talking. No, no, I mean, nope. you've been around. Rogers doesn't. When, when has Aaron said anything that he didn't mean? Like never. Well, that's what I wrote. Uh, I'll read the first three graphs of my first three sentences of my story. More than maybe any athlete on the planet, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers knows exactly what he's saying with every word. Each syllable has a purpose. He doesn't just spit words into a microphone for the heck of it. That, I, I mean, he's authentic. People hate him for it, but I appreciate it covering him because it's not BS. And people, like you said, people are saying, oh, he's just emotional after a loss. Aaron Rodgers doesn't say stuff that he doesn't mean because he's emotional. <laughs> he's calculated in everything he says. Yeah, so there's... There's a, there's some real conversations. Maybe they don't need to happen tomorrow, but when, when the dust settles here a bit and everyone's got some cooler heads, they've, they gotta get this figured out because they got a good, I mean, they got a good thing going, and chemistry is so hard. Um, it could go down the drain in a hurry if the quarterback doesn't feel loved or wanted or uncertain or any of those things, betrayed, any of those things. And, and listen, it's one thing for a guy like Sam Darnold to feel like that. And it's another thing for a guy like Rogers to feel like that. Rogers doesn't deserve to feel like that. I'm not saying Sam Darnold does either, but with what Rogers has done, especially this season, like I said, it's an indictment on Goody to for him to feel that way. So we'll talk more about Rogers later this offseason, I'm sure. Let's get into the decision on the field that a lot of people are talking about. Bill, give me your take on Matt LaFleur kicking it on fourth and goal from the eight yard line down eight points. Yeah, I would have gone for it. Now, that being said, I don't hate it, though. I don't hate the decision to kick a field goal. 
Um, first, you, your first three plays from the eighth didn't go anywhere. So A, you've got to score. B, you've got to score a game with a two-point play. And you still left Tom Brady two minutes to go down to win the game. So I don't hate I would I, I had gone for it. Um, if Aaron Rodgers is my best player and he is, um, I, I'm, go, I'm, I'm going down with that chip. But I, I understand um, because going forward on fourth down and scoring doesn't guarantee you anything. It, it, they still need to get a stop. Um, but yeah, I, I'd have gone for it because he's my best player. He's my best chance. Um, I, I trust Aaron Rodgers more than Mike Pettin's defense. I'm, I'm guessing you're in the same boat, aren't you, Matt? Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not someone who's going to get all up in arms and be like, this is criminal what he did. But if I had a choice, I would have gone for it because you have the best quarterback in the league this year, at least the best wide receiver in the league this year. Um, if you say, give me one quarterback and one receiver in the NFL to score on fourth and goal from the eight yard line, you're taking the quarterback and wide receiver that the Packers have most likely if you have a, a sensible head on your shoulders. And listen, I get, you know, cutting it to five points and only needing a touchdown if you get the ball back to win the game. But like you said, you are trusting the Packers defense. Yes, I know Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the second half, but you are trusting that the Packers defense can not only force a three and out, but that the refs are going to make every borderline call in your favor that Kevin King isn't going to do something uh questionable as he pretty much had been all game. Um, and, and like you said, I, I will, I would trust Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams any day over Mike Pettin's defense and the refs. Basically, I know this isn't literally what Matt LaFleur is doing, but he was trusting Mike Pettin's defense and the refs more than he trusts Aaron Rodgers, which is ridiculous. And listen, I know they needed a two point conversion as well. And I know that played into the decision, I know the fact that they had essentially four timeouts left, including the two-minute warning, which wasn't even a guarantee. The kick returner sliding down was ridiculous on that. That was dumb. Yeah, that was a bad mistake. And I so listen, I know they had the timeouts. I know they needed a two-point conversion. I know, you know, based on how their defense was playing, they could have gotten the ball back. But the likelihood of the Packers, someone tweeted at me, you know, the likelihood of them scoring and and getting the two-point conversion on fourth down is very minimal. Yeah, but so is preventing the Buccaneers defense from getting one first down. So I can see why you want it to be a toss-up, but in a toss-up, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers every time. Let's let's see, let's see you kick the field goal like they did. And now, and now you get a three and out. You're gonna get the ball back. Let's just say a minute forty. They're gonna punt the ball. Let's say it's a forty yard net punt. So you you're gonna have to drive sixty yards uh in a do or die drive for that for that now winning touchdown. Um, I, I guess if you're at the eight, I, I would take one play from the eight rather than having to go 60 yards. Yeah. And, and speaking of the play beforehand, Roger says he thought maybe he could have run it in. But if you look at the this still shot of the play, there are two guys guarding Alan Lazard. One of them would have easily tackled Rogers if he tries to break away. Right. But what Rogers said, I asked him if he agreed with the decision to kick it. He basically pleaded the fifth and said, you know, it wasn't my decision. I understand the reasoning behind it, but it wasn't my decision. Reading between the lines, that's saying I wholeheartedly did not agree with the decision <laughs> to kick it. Um, but then we listen to Roger's answer later when he's talking about if he thought he could have scrambled it in on third down. He said, oh, it would have been close. Uh, I thought I maybe could have made it, but I thought I was going to get four chances. So that's saying he thought they were going to go for it on fourth down. And even if Rogers didn't get in, 
it would be a much more manageable shot at the end zone if, let's say, he was tackled at the two-yard line on third down. Yeah, I asked LaFleur about that. Um, I asked him about the conversation because Rodgers basically called the play on third down. So apparently LaFleur called in a play. It wasn't what Rodgers wanted, and apparently LaFleur couldn't figure out what Rodgers wanted. So so he basically put the play in Rodgers' hands. And I'm not sure, maybe, again, I, I'm now we're, now we're into filling in the blanks part, but I don't know if... LaFleur didn't think to tell him about fourth down or, you know, obviously the headset cuts off at some point and, or they ran out of time for LaFleur to tell him about fourth down. Um, that clearly would have been nice if that was communicated. Somehow it did not, whether that was just a mistake on LaFleur or the, the headset cut on, they just ran out of time to get that accomplished. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it changes everything. If you, if you have two plays from the eight or one play, it changes, you know, Roger said he might've called a different play. Obviously, like you said, you could, he could have scrambled to the three or four or whatever, made it an easier play on fourth down. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things went wrong there. We don't know exactly um, the starting point of it all, but man, they just they, that's going to linger well into the offseason for those guys. That's that that whole sequence. What else will linger into the offseason is uh, the last play of the first half, and Tony Dungy had a tweet. I'm going to pull up Tony Dungy's tweet. Someone knows about defense. It's Tony Dungy. And for the Packers to allow that long touchdown and Kevin King get beat by Scotty Miller, that was just a a miserable sequence to end the first half for the Packers. You have the ball down four, deep in your own territory with two minutes left. Rodgers takes forever to get rid of it on first down, uh, throws an interception, whether it's holding or not, you can debate that. Then Will Redmond drops the interception. Tampa converts to fourth down. And then Kevin King gets inexplicably beat down the left sideline by Scotty Miller. So Tampa goes into halftime with an 11-point lead. Um, I don't really know what Mike Pettin was doing. He showed the team film of the NFC Championship game this week. (laughs) They obviously didn't learn from that. Um, What the hell happened on that play? And Tony, So here's Tony Dungy's tweet. On that play, that might that may be the worst defensive design I've ever seen with eight seconds and no timeouts left. Green Bay, I'm not sure how you play inside technique man to man and not just play zone and protect the sideline and the end zone. Amazing. How can Mike Patton keep his job after this game? Yeah, it's amazing, Matt. We were sitting here eight days ago talking about Mike Patton. It's going to keep his job. I mean, how many we've done it after a lot of podcasts the last month and a half, right? How Patton's going to keep his job, man? I don't know how you can after that though because. If you're a player, how do you trust him? Don't at some point, you know, you just gotta. You need a fresh start. Um, in that play, I mean, good gracious, a it's you know Scotty Miller. I, I don't, I'm not sure that he's one of the fastest guys in the league, but he's up there. He's a he's a four three ish kind of guy, and, and we've seen Kevin King for the second half of this year. I mean, clearly he's hurt because he is. He's not a slow guy naturally, but he is slow, and he just got roasted on that play. Um, yeah, how you're, how you're not playing zone to, you know, prevent you, everybody hates prevent defense, but you got to play prevent defense there. Good heavens. I mean, it was, it was a whole comedy of errors though. It's like earlier, earlier in that sequence, when the Packers had the ball, neither team knew what to do as far as calling timeouts. So it's like the clock is just ticking away and Green Bay was, didn't want to call a timeout for fear of punting it back. And Tampa didn't want to call a timeout in fear of Green Bay getting a first down. There was that whole thing, and then Rodgers throws a horrible pass. I mean, holding or not, mm-hmm. Lazard is covered like a blanket. Will Redman has like the easiest interception in the world. 
go right through his hands. Um, then there's a fourth down play that Brady completely, I mean, it is just, it's like whatever can possibly go wrong goes wrong. And then Kevin King just gets roasted by one of the fastest guys in the field. Um, it was like 2011. 2011, the Packers are the number one seed. Rodgers is the MVP. They're 15 and one, like third most points in NFL history. Um, they're losing to the Giants just before halftime. And the, and the Giants are basically playing give up. And they, I think I believe it was a handoff to Ahmad Bradshaw. And Bradshaw inexplicably gets around the corner and gains like 20 or 25 yards. So now the Giants have a Hail Mary opportunity. And Eli Manning chucks one into the south end zone. And Hakeem Nix jumps up for the touchdown. The Packers are down 10 at halftime to the Giants. And they am getting killed. Um, kind of a similar situation. How it was just... One thing led to another, led to another, led to disaster. That's how it is. Can Sean Menenga keep his job? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, come on. Every game, Matt. Well, once I know over the since since the block punt against Houston, what was that? Week six or whatever it was, or week game six? Yeah, game six, week seven. They've given up a bad play like almost every week. I mean, today Mickens had that kickoff return up to almost midfield. Yeah, they. They need to start from scratch. You need a new snapper, a new punter, a new coordinator. You need a returner. I mean, otherwise they're fine, right? Yeah, I guess so. I'm just looking at a comment comment on my story right now. Stop spreading manufactured media for God's sake. My tweet was my tweet was of my story. Aaron Rodgers said that his future is uncertain. He doesn't just say that to say it. That means he doesn't know if he'll be the Packers QB next season. Right, making this, the NFL MVP with three years left on his deal feel that way is an indictment of Brian Gutekunst. And someone says, "Stop spreading manufactured media for God's sake." I mean, people just can't handle the truth. Yeah, this is an ESPN slash Fox Sports talking head mumbo jumbo, um, hot take stuff. He literally said, literally his own words. I mean, there's there's no reading between the lines necessary on this. It's literally what he said. Literally, look, I get it. Yeah. And, and we're all used to. The Skip Bayless is the world um, turning point A and point B into point Z, but it's literally what he said. Unbelievable. That's true. All right. What what do we got for questions? <laughs> um, you're just, just picking on what at random. This is Kyle Crewalt says, with Aaron Jones probably leaving for a well-deserved payday and the Kevin King experiment needing to end, what position or specific player do we target to help this team? Play deep in the January next year. Oof. Looking into free agent targets makes my brain hurt already. Just pick a position. If you just never mind the player, Matt. Just what position corner. Would you, what, what they position need you they fix? need a cornerback. Jair Alexander yeah. is a stud. He's the best cornerback in football. You need someone opposite him because you saw tonight what happens if a team can just target the other side of the field. Yeah. Um look, you, you are number one in the league in scoring. You're you're scoring enough points. Um, you, you, and look, Kevin King is going to go. Shannon Sullivan is, yeah, your safety seemed pretty good. If you can keep them together. Um, yeah, you've, you got to get a corner and you know, they're going to have, they might have to do some cost cutting here too. And you know, maybe they get rid of Preston Smith's and I need another outside linebacker, but, um, cornerback or a middle linebacker who is a good and B can not get injured every five plays would be my starting points. Are you, are you saying Chris Barnes gets injured every five plays? <laughs> might have. Look, the guy's playing with a broken thumb. God bless him. Tougher guy than I am. Yep. Aaron Rowan, I get that T- Tampa Bay had the best run defense in the league, but not even trying to run took away the threat of play action. 
when they when they did run in the second half, they seemed to have some success. But for the most part of the game, it was all shotgun. Should they have run more? Yeah, I mean, LaFleur gets away from the run way too often. And on the two drives after uh, Jair Alexander's picks, they just threw the ball. Why not run the ball with A.J. Dillon or Jamal Williams? I mean, sure, it didn't help that Aaron Jones got hurt, but run the ball. It, it seems it's it's all too often that Matt LaFleur is left saying after games, I abandoned the run too quickly. Well, you got to learn from that at some point. <laughs> Stop abandoning the run. Yeah, LaFleur after the game was said he, he was asked about the red zone stuff, and he talked in, in LaFleur said so he talked to Nathaniel Hack, and he said he got away from the run down there too because you know, so many of Ryder's touchdown passes have been on play action this year, and, and they got away from that this year. So, yeah, it's it's a great point. They need to run the ball, especially in the red zone. It's what they've done so well, it, and it's maddening when that happens. Um, whatever the sport, whatever the game, that this is what's gotten you to this point, and then you go away from it when it matters. It's it's uh, it's, it's remarkable. What do we got next? Um, gosh, it's a lot of the same specific things. How will we free up? This may be a better offseason question, but how will we free up cap space in the offseason? And do you think we will be able to afford Lindsley and Jones? No. Yep, I agree with that. I don't That's, think they will. As simple as it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was talking to someone after the game, and he was saying that, um, and he's a pretty well connected guy. And he thought that, you know, the cap supposed to go down by $25 million over because of COVID. He, he thought that would not be the case. And he thought that the NFL and the NFLP would come to the, some sort of agreement to handle that, um, it'd be a win-win, obviously be a win for the teams like the Packers who are going to get killed by the cap. And it's a win for, for veteran players too. Obviously the, your high price veterans are going to get paid, but it's all those middle-class veterans who are going to have no mm-hmm. job, you know? So may, maybe that's going to come to it, but I guess we're just going to go with the rules they have now. And, um, the cap's going to go down and they're up a Creek. So, um, from Luke Mueller, who on the staff is most responsible for the loss? Lafleur in their fourth down decision, fourth down decision, Petten for the defense on third down, or Goody for drafting no real contributors. Uh, there's a lot of blame to go around. You know, there's some blame on the offensive line for sure, the tackles. There's blame on Aaron Rodgers for throwing that interception. There's blame on uh, Mike Petten for sure. There's blame on Kevin King. There's blame on Matt Lafleur. There's blame on Devontae Adams for dropping a touchdown. A lot of blame to go around today. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to pick one. Um, again, that's gotta be the it's the maddening thing if you go home in your Rodgers tonight, where it's not just one thing, it's like it's like 20 things. 20 things went wrong tonight, and and they were still hanging around at the end of the game. Dr. Stevens, I'm not sure what kind of doctor he is. Are Wisconsin sports cursed? You name it. Packers, Bucks, Badgers, Brewers. All have been great in recent years. All have been one step away from the big games multiple times. Um, there's no such things as curses, but I did think about that this week. I did think about, man, the Brewers have been, the Brewers got to the playoffs and they blew it. Um, the Bucks had a lead on the Raptors a couple years ago and, and were the best team heading to the bubble this past season and they blew it. Yeah, they Wisconsin is just it's it's a hard time. It's a hard time to be alive if you're a Wisconsin sports fan. That's that's true if I've ever heard it. Longtime listener of the show, Cecilia Bugface says Yes. Yeah, Cecilia's great. It's actually a real a serious question, not one of her funny ones. Any explanation why Green Bay ran 40 seconds off the clock after the Lazard first down before the half, then after the sack decided to get aggressive, resulting in interception. 
seems to either run out the clock after the sack or have more urgency sooner. Cecilia, you've been bringing great questions all year, and I agree with you. I said it. I don't know why they took so long. Um, I have no idea what they were doing. I don't know if it was a look they got. I don't know if, you know, what Aaron Rodgers was thinking. Um, to be honest with you, I was a little caught off guard in the post-game press conference by what he said, and I was so focused on that that someone might have touched on it, but I don't remember specifically, so that's on me. But regardless, I don't know why they took so much time off the clock and then he made like I said, it might've been defensive pass interference, but regardless to take that much time off the clock and then throw an interception, just a bad sequence by Rogers. Yeah. I think, again, I think I hit on that a little while ago. I think it was just kind of no man's land where you don't want to, you don't want to call timeouts and then have to punt and the Buccaneers didn't know what to do either. They were just kind of stuck, but then you get the first down, you feel like you got something going, but that was a really, really bad pass. I mean, he just was not open even a little bit. Here's a great question by Matthew Cook. His Rodgers window closed. I don't think it's closed entirely, but uh, this is probably the best shot he's he had left in Green Bay to get it done, and he'd tell you that too. Just because of how many key pieces won't be here next year, I'm assuming Lindsley, Jones, Jamal. You know, granted, if Rodgers is back, he'll still have Devontae and Lazard and Tunyon and most of his offensive line, but who knows how much time Bakhtiari is going to miss. Um yeah, who knows? I think it was. Man, it, you hate to see it's closed when you got a quarterback. Look, look, Tampa's going to the Super Bowl. Were they the, the fifth seed? Is that right? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you don't have to be number one to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, it has been the way it's been for the last five, six years. You have to be one of those one or two seeds to get there. Um, so that Tampa got there maybe gives you some hope. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they will not get back to another Super Bowl. With Rodgers. I don't care if he's here until 2023. I say they will not do it. It was all set up for him this year. I, and I realized Bakhtiari's injury was huge. But they were relatively, I mean, compared to everybody else, they were they were relatively healthy. Um, if you look at the inactives list most weeks, they, they, they seem to have the advantage over the other team. I mean, Tampa didn't have um, Antonio Brown tonight. They didn't have Winfield. You know, the Rams had a beat up Donald. It, it seemed like things worked their favor. The schedule was like Charmin soft. Mm-hmm. Rodgers was magnificent. Adams had the best year of his career. Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, I, I'm saying they're done. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't bet my house on it, but I would I would bet a fairly good sum of money they will never win another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And that's, that's hard to say that, but I, I, I believe that is true. I do too. I think this was their, their best year because – like like I said, there's no guarantee they'll have the same fortune, the same health, the same players, the same skill. You know, Aaron Rodgers can still play at this level, but like we saw this year, it only means so much if if the pieces around him aren't there. And yeah, he got here and, you know, he didn't play his best game of the season today, but you need a defense that doesn't give up 21 points in the first half. You need... Special teams that doesn't give up long returns, but what do I know? Yep. Um, gosh, who's I, I have it all queued up to mine and I just lost it. somebody and I apologize for who you are. Somebody wants to know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Josh Amaker. Biggest positive looking forward coming out of tonight. It's going a good way to wrap it up. Maybe I like that. Um, wow. The biggest positive looking forward. 
Wow. I don't even know. I was going to say that they might get some change in defensive philosophy if Petten is fired, but that would be mean. Um, and I don't even know that he's going to be. The biggest positive coming out of tonight is that maybe Rogers' comments tonight will spur Brian Gutekunst to do anything in his power to make Rogers feel like he's welcome here. That's exactly my answer. Yep. Yep. I honestly think that might be it. Yep. That they are, they, I mean, they are good enough. Um, there's no reason why they couldn't have won tonight's game. Um, so I think that should, I think you're exactly right, Matt, that maybe tonight proves, I mean, they didn't need tonight. I mean, they, they proved it all year long, but this team is good enough to beat anybody in the league. Somehow they got to make it happen. I mean, he's going to have to have one hell of a draft. AJ Dillon's got to be the guy who we saw. And one of those carries tonight get hit at the line of scrimmage and just plow forward for six. He needs to, I mean, he had made a hell of a catch too. He needs to be that guy. You know, we, we've seen enough of John Runyon, or not enough, but we've seen some of John Runyon to make you think that maybe he can be a, an answer on the offensive line. Um, Robert Tunyon has proven that he's a legit tight end. Um, they're close. It's going to take, it's going to take some wheeling and dealing, not wheeling and dealing as in trades, but it's, it's going to take some great moves. But, um, I, I think that's a positive is they have a fighting chance if they can have one hell of an offseason. Yeah. Oh, ju- perfect DM for me to receive from a fan uh, as we finish this podcast. Already going to the Rogers clicks, huh, bud? There's a reason he hates you guys and loves Pat, as in Pat McAfee, LOL. You guys really are that insufferable. I think Rogers <laughs> likes me. <laughs> he thanked us. After what, what do I first. He thanked, I mean, yeah. That was like, then that was from this- the bottom of his heart. Thank you for to this us. guy. Follow this guy follows me on Twitter. I won't say his handle. Won't give him the pub he wants. But sorry, I'm a little salty tonight. I, I just get a little ticked when uh, when people don't read the story, and I don't like you know when myself and you and other people are accused of going for clickbait when we're literally just reporting what he said, and we listen to every word Roger says. So we're making uh, educated observations but yeah of course uh, i'm saying outright that he won't be here next year sure yeah the, the not clicking on links drives me crazy but anyways it's probably time for, it's probably time for me to go write my second story and go home here and this actually don't i got one more from cecilia and this is this is actually tailor-made for what we're just talking about here why okay. should rogers want to be a packer next year she goes on but that's good enough um why should Rodgers want to be a Packer next year? This Packer franchise has year. wasted his career, refusing to ever go all in or give him the help Brady or Mahomes have had. Why not use his leverage to leave? It's a good question. That's a great if, question. If, if, like I said, if he goes to Goody this offseason and Goody doesn't give him any indication that he's actually wanted here, and it's clear that Rodgers doubts that from what he said tonight, I wouldn't blame him for requesting a trade. Nobody's going to like me saying that, but if Rodgers doesn't feel wanted here, he has every right to request a trade. I will say one thing to the going all-in comment there, though. The New Orleans Saints have gone all-in for Drew Brees, right? Yeah. What is that? Hasn't worked You know what's gotten them? They're like $100 million over next year's cap. Good effing luck with that. So you can go all-in all you want. It it doesn't... In fact, I said at the Goody at the trade deadline, was there any thought to saying, screw it, go all-in and figure out the cap later, but... Going all in is no guarantee that it's actually going to work. And then you're really up, um, you know, what Creek. So um, I, I would say <laughs> yeah. that. I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I was going to say, I'm not going to read any of the comments on my story tonight, but I probably am. I'm human. You're a glutton for punishment. Whatever. Yeah. All right. 
it's been great talking to you guys. Listen, this podcast is not going away. Two times a month, we'll be talking to you. I'm Matt Schneiman. He's Bill Huber. For our super producer, Danielle, thank you so much. Even if you guys are haters, we appreciate you guys following (laughs) along all season. And guess what? The Packers are on the clock with the 30th pick in the draft. And maybe they'll trade up to number 26 and take another quarterback. See you guys later. (laughs) Ha ha!